This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. Yes, yes, yes. And that is the question on everyone's mind. What is love? We all desire it. We all wish to give it, but sometimes we struggle to even understand what it is. So we're talking about that today. But Aaron, our producer, who I appreciate, Aaron, your work very much and what you do. uh, We had a snow event um, this last weekend. It snowed all day. What was that? Sunday? And uh, snow is rare here in Portland, Oregon. Well, Aaron, what did you do in the snow? What did you and your family do? Yeah. So, so Aaron has a dog, uh, takes the dog out to play in snow. It's funny, you see those YouTube videos where the, there's several feet of snow and the dog is running out in the front yard and jumping up out of the snow and disappearing in the snow. Uh, but you have a big dog, don't you? Yeah. And I think at my house, we got two inches of snow. Um, but it didn't stick on the streets, just on the grass, uh, where you live. Did, did you get accumulation? Yeah. So, uh, so nothing really didn't stick as much. Um, and I think it was that way because I live on the east side. And when I my office is on the west side, when I got to the west side Monday, there was just it was all green, but it's still white on the east side, uh, closer to the Columbia River Gorge there. So so Aaron had a relaxing day um, that day, stayed inside, drank coffee, prayed the rosary. Yeah. And just, and read a lot. So Great. And of course you let the dog out. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. People just go nuts when it snows here in a couple ways. They go crazy um, with the snow um, because they're excited. I mean, you know, we can easily drive up to the mountains here in Oregon and see 20 or 30 feet of snow, but down here in the Valley, yeah, it's just a rare thing. And so but then the other way they go nuts is they don't know how to drive. Even when there's a half inch of snow, <laughs> everything shuts down in the valley. Yeah, it's funny. You would think with all the mountains we have in Oregon, we would know how to plow the roads properly. Yeah. Okay. So, yes, as you heard in our introductory song today, what is love? We're talking about that today as we conclude the compendium of the social doctrine of the church. I've enjoyed this series with you as listeners It's been a long series. What's it been? Three months, two, three months, something like that. And uh, we've covered a lot of territory here in the future. We're going to do a few miscellaneous topics and some follow-up on some previous topics. 
Uh, but uh, we're going to be getting into some other mini series and, and whatnot. But today, the final, the conclusion of the compendium by the Pontifical Council, the U.S. Catholic bishops, is entitled Toward a Civilization of Love. You know, and we talk much of justice in this podcast, but where does justice come from? We have to understand that in order to actually experience justice, uh, we have to get to the root of where it even comes from. And it's been a long journey through this compendium uh, that we've taken, but today we reach this end. And in reaching the end, we're actually arriving at the beginning. And for today, we're looking at the very root of all true social justice movements, the thing from which justice grows, because justice itself is not a root, it's a fruit. And uh, and as we discover the root, uh, let's just take a moment and think. Think for a moment. What is the one thing humans long for? What is the one thing that is the most popular theme in songs, including the one we played today? What causes the most heartache for people? Well, it's love and the loss of love. You know, and love is what we were made for as human beings. It's what we were made for. Why? Because the creator is love. St. John in his first letter of First John in the New Testament of the Bible, St. John says, um, God is love. It doesn't say that God loves or God gives us love. God is the very nature of what love is. So if you imagine the creator to be judgmental, waiting to punish you, then you do not know the creator. For the creator is love. As scripture says, God delights in you. Think about that for a moment. Think of all the wounds and traumas you've experienced in your life, the abandonments and disappointments. We can see those as our truths, but they're not. Here's the truth. Are you ready for it? The creator delights in you. (laughs) The creator waits every morning for you to wake up and journey for another day. Jesus taught us that God wants to shower us with good gifts. God is like a joyful child who also wants to be a father who deeply cares for us and delights in us. So today we are going to study the meaning of our existence in order to be able to live out a just society. We're going to study the meaning of our existence, love. You know, and love dominates the theme of songs. It dominates the themes of movies, but never really gets defined. So let's define it. What is the meaning of love? Well, first of all, since God is love, then really we need to observe God in order to understand what love is. Notice again, God does not give us love. God is love. You know, you think of the sun. The sun does not give us light here on earth. The sun is light. And because of that, then light emanates from the sun towards us. And therefore we end up with light. 
It's not like the sun is handing light over to us in an external ma manner, but rather sun and it's the sun and its very nature is light and therefore it just light emanates from it. Same thing with God. God doesn't externally give us love. God is love and therefore love emanates from God. Jesus taught that God is giving, that God the Father is giving, forgiving, merciful, and ensures the prosperity of even his troubled children. I think of the parable that Jesus taught of the good and wicked farmer. Jesus said that God causes the sun to shine on the field of the good and the wicked farmer. God causes the rain to fall on the field of the good and the wicked farmer. God ensures that crops are produced on the field of the good farmer and the field of the wicked farmer. Even God's troubled children receive God's love and receive God's blessings. Doesn't mean that God doesn't allow us to suffer the consequences of our actions. That certainly happens. That's quite obvious. But we have to remember that God's love is, is not so much like ours because we're very picky with our love. We choose who gets it. We, we differentiate between people like, I really love this person, but I don't love this person, or I'll show more love to this person than I do that person. We differentiate all the time. But what Jesus teaches in the parables is that God the Father doesn't live in that differentiation. God just is love. And therefore, from that, that is a, a uh, reality where God uh, just, he loves equally. Loves equally. So the, even these evil tyrants in the world who we can't stand and who we hate, God loves them. Why? Because God sees them. That's my kid too. My troubled child, yes, but my child nonetheless. And so we have to be very careful if we claim, as St. John tells us, if you claim to know God, you must love your brother. Because if you claim to love God and yet hate your brother, St. John says, the truth is not in you. You are a liar. Because the one who loves God must also love his brother. And in the parables, in the Gospels, Jesus defines who our brother and sister is. It's everybody. It's the person in front of you. It's the people around you. It's not who you choose to be your neighbor. It's who actually in reality is your brother and sister. Now, God created us out of his goodness and love. God created us. So how could God hate us? You know, it's not like uh, Henry Ford made these cars and then said, wow, I hate cars. No, Henry Ford loved cars. Why? He created, he made them. And therefore he loved them and he made sure that, you know, processes were done correctly and all of that. It's the same thing with God, except more deeply and more eternal in that God created, you exist because God called you into being. And so God loves you. <laughs> How could God hate you? If God is the one who brought you into being, 
And if God is love and God is good, then God loves you, does not hate you. If you believe that God hates you and is ready to judge you, that's a lie of Satan because Satan is trying to divide you from God. But the reality is if God made you and you exist because God created you, then how could God hate you? It's not possible. Some things in the Old Testament, the Jewish scriptures, that I appreciate in in descriptions of God is that God is kind. God is full of loving kindness. That's if you get into the Hebrew of that that term, loving kindness and long suffering, those kinds of things, it's deep. But the fact is, God does not observe your sufferings and your trials. God is with you in that suffering. If anything we can learn from the cross, the crucifixion of Jesus, is this, that God is suffering with us. Now, God doesn't, you know, God doesn't experience necessarily what we experience as humans because we experience the limitations of the mind and the body, and God is infinite spirit. However, God does not observe our sufferings from a distance. God enters into our sufferings with us. That's what Jesus teaches us from the cross is I enter your sufferings with you. Long suffering, loving kindness. See, that's the complete opposite of hate. (laughs) The complete opposite of judgment God's like, yes, I know you're suffering consequences of your negative actions, but instead of judging you, like hounding you and hanging over you with judgment, I'm going to enter into those consequences with you. Did Jesus do anything to deserve to be crucified from a divine standpoint? No. I mean, he certainly deserved to be crucified (laughs) from, from the empire standpoint, but not from the divine standpoint. If Jesus did nothing worthy of death, then why did he die? Because he's saying, I am entering into the consequences with you. You will have a friend in me who will not abandon you. And I heard on the radio this morning about, you know, from a priest who was talking about how that a a true friend, he was talking about St. Ambrose and how that a true St. Ambrose says, St. Ambrose says that a true friend never abandons you. And God is that true friend. God does not abandon you. Now, let's apply it to ourselves. As we create a just society where we are, we have to learn to live from that standpoint of that kind of love. We have to learn to not abandon. We have to learn to say, hey, These people who have all been abandoned by the empire, we will not abandon those. Those people in the nursing homes who've been abandoned by their family and friends, we will go into those nursing homes and we will not abandon them. The homeless, the minorities, all these people who are suffering from various judgments and abandonments by society, We say, as a people of justice, we will be their friend and we will not abandon them. 
We will walk with them. We will enter into their sufferings. Now, catch that. <laughs> Mother Teresa is a prime example of this. But with the homeless, we're not going to observe the homeless from far off. And we're not going to throw some money at them and throw some food at them and throw some housing at them. Rather, with the homeless, we're going to enter into their suffering with them. Why? So that we can be just like our creator. How's that for social justice? You don't hear that on the news, do you? <sighs> We've got to understand that before we can work towards a just society, because justice, we have to understand this rather, before we can work towards a just society, because justice is a fruit of love. See, love is the root. Justice is the fruit of that love. I cannot truly show justice toward another if I do not love them first. And to love them does not mean to have a good feeling about them, enjoy being around them. Love means I am entering into this with you. Which, by the way, is what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. did. Dr. Uh, King did not say, I'm going to go somewhere far away and fight for the rights of black people. No, he says, I'm going to enter into your suffering. <laughs> catch this, catch this. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. Why was he assassinated? Dr. King was not assassinated because he went somewhere far off to ask for rights for black people. Rather, Dr. King was assassinated because he dared to enter into the sufferings of black people with them. And he didn't have to. As a pastor, Dr. King didn't really have to, but he chose because he is a disciple of Jesus Christ. He chose to love and from that love, he entered into the suffering of black people with them. <laughs> See, that's how it works. That, my friend, is how it works. Now, I want to pick apart uh, one of St. Paul's writings. St. Paul had planted a church in the city of Corinth in the Roman Empire, and he wrote a couple letters to them, which ended up in the scriptures. And in 1 Corinthians 13... St. Paul describes love. Now, if you want to understand what love really is, what is love? It's not just about baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> it's more than that. What is love? Love is 1 Corinthians 13. Read that. Google it. Pick up a Bible and read it. Because St. Paul says that love is, and then he gives us an exhaustive list. He says love is kind. Love is patient. Love is long-suffering. Love does not think highly of itself, but rather thinks highly of the other. Love puts the other person first. Love works for the good of the other. Love never ends Love never fails. All these things. And we will look at today's justice movements, so-called justice movements. I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing patience and kindness 
I'm not seeing it. By the way, St. Paul says love is not easily angered. When I see windows getting smashed out and buildings set on fire, love is not easily angered. Love does not fail. You see, I don't see these so-called justice, popular justice movements. I don't see people actually entering into the suffering of others. I see them causing more suffering. By the way, people will say things like, oh, I like giving to the homeless because it gives me a good feeling. It's the Christmas season as I record this podcast. You know, a lot of people will give socks to the homeless. They're like, oh, it gives me such a good feeling. I'm sorry, but the true nature of charity is not a good feeling. Ask Mother Teresa for 40 and 50 years of serving the lepers and being poor and hungry and alone. Did you have a good feeling, Mother Teresa? And she would say, no, actually, I suffered the deepest loneliness you could suffer for 40 years without end. I suffered the dark night of the soul. St. Francis of Assisi, did you, in starting that community you started of love for the poor, was it a good feeling? And he would say, no, I was abandoned by my family in the process. St. Maximilian Kolbe, when you were so charitable to people during Hitler's reign in Germany and you ended up in Auschwitz and you died in Auschwitz, St. Maximilian Kolbe, did you have a good feeling with the charity you gave others? He would say, no, I was alone, abandoned, I starved to death. <laughs> you see, the true nature of charity is not a good feeling. Rather, it is entering into the suffering of the poor, the abandoned, those pushed to the edge of the empire. And once we experience that kind of love, the kind of love that God gives us, the kind of love that you see on the cross of Jesus Christ, where Jesus is brutally murdered, and as he hangs there dying on the cross with spikes driven through his hands and his feet, what does he say? Screw all of you? No, he doesn't say that. He says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. How do you do that? Love. And by the way, I've said it before in past podcasts, I'll repeat it here. In a true social justice movement, there will not only be justice for the oppressed, but there will be forgiveness and mercy extended towards the oppressor. Because you really don't have true justice until the oppressor experiences repentance and a renewed heart. When the oppressor becomes a true lover of humanity, then you've got true justice. Now, that's a grandiose idea I just presented. Love, love, love. Let's have love in the world. Well, if God is love, and this is the way of love, then what went wrong? <laughs> Where did we end up in this nightmare that we're living in on planet Earth? Can I just be straight up and honest with you? In America, the context I'm speaking from, when America and other countries rejected God and moved into total secularism, 
Then justice went out the window. Why? Because God is justice. Throughout the scriptures, it says over and over and over again that God is a God of justice. God is all about the poor. God is a defender of the poor, the widow, and the orphan. The scriptures say it over and over and over again in the Old Testament that God defends the poor, he defends the widows, and he defends the orphans. And then James in the New Testament says, pure religion that God the Father accepts. You ready for this? What is pure religion? According to James, pure religion that God the Father accepts is to, lo- is to defend the widow and the orphans and to keep yourself from being corrupted by the world system. There it is. But when America and other countries rejected God, threw God out the window, then justice went out the window as well. The reason why we have chaos, violence, and destruction everywhere is because we rejected the source of love, peace, and justice, which is God. You reject God, then you're rejecting love. If you reject God, then you're rejecting peace. If you reject God, then you're rejecting justice. Scripture speaks so much of that. And of course, again, to remind you on the cross, Jesus showed true justice by saying, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. That is the ultimate, the ultimate epic moment in history where God showed love and justice. And when you reject the source of justice, then you are left with protests, anger, violence, and division. Why? Because God is unity. Wherever God is present, there is unity. Wherever God is cast aside, there is division. So let's finish out by talking about living out love. We've defined it. We kind of understand a little bit more what it means now. How do you live it out? How do we get there? How do we get to a place as a society of justice grown from the root of love? First of all, meditate. Meditate. Through meditation, you come to know God, thus coming to truly know humanity. Practice silence, practice meditation, practice prayer, then you will come to know God. And as you come to truly know God, then you will know humanity because humanity comes from God. You begin to see the goodness and the divine in each person. That's why Mother Teresa could do what she did. She went to Mass every day, meditated every day before serving the poor. She would always go to Mass and meditate every day before serving the poor. And she demanded the same of her sisters in the convent. She demanded that everybody uh, uh, go to Mass and meditate before serving the poor. And so from that, she experienced love. And from that love, then the fruit of justice was able to grow. Don't miss that. She experienced the source of love and justice. Then she could live it out. Ask God for the gift of love to infuse love into your heart. Once you experience love in Christ, by the way, and I can speak from my own life, once you experience love in Christ, then you will experience it towards all people without differentiation. Then the fruit of justice will begin to grow 
and mature in you. You will begin to think of the other and what is good for them and for society. As I said at the beginning, it, we had a snow event here in the Pacific Northwest that wasn't just in the mountains. It was in the valley as well. And as I prepare for this podcast, it was snowing a lot outside. And I was engrossed into preparing for this podcast, and I hadn't been outside yet. And I walked out my door, and I was shocked. I was like, oh, look at this beautiful snowfall. I mean, it was snowing hard, but not like blizzard hard. It was that gentle, hard, continuous falling of snowflakes. Beautiful snowfall. And I just stood there in front of the house. I just stood in silence, observed the snowfall, listened to the silence of it. And I experienced something deep and beautiful. And the fruit was a smile and thankfulness for the scene in front of me. Love is beautiful. Love is our deepest desire as humans. Love is demanded of us. We were made from love, not just for love. We were made from love. Why did God create us? Love. Learn to live love. Experience God in meditation and love will begin to grow in you. As love matures, then justice will grow. Then As the fruit of justice matures in you, you will begin to create a just society right where you are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through MaterDayRadio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.